Hello and welcome to The Nerd Degree, it's me Brendan Bennett and today's episode is all about time travel. I just want to say a quick thank you to Adam from New Zealand for suggesting this one. Yeah, that's his name, Adam from New Zealand, um, who tweeted in and suggested this uh, this topic. If you have an idea for an episode, uh, just send me a tweet or a message, nerddegree.com, all that info is there. Uh, in the meantime, enjoy the episode. <laughs> Okay, wait, before we, um, before we listen to the episode, this is Brendan from the future of the previous Brendan that you heard. This is Brendan speaking uh, about 10 days later, uh, and um, it's a weird thing to have happened for a time travel episode, but um, as you'll hear later in the episode, uh, Andrew Todd goes on kind of a lengthy discussion about Chuck Berry and how, isn't it amazing that Chuck Berry is still alive? And um, in the time between us recording this and releasing it, uh, he died. Chuck Berry did. Um, So I was going to cut it out, but I'm just going to leave it in because it's about how awesome he is. So, yeah, Uh, enjoy this episode about time travel that involves time travel. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome your Welcome to the Nerd Degree, Time Travel. I bring you greetings from the future, where we have already finished being about to discuss all things space-time continuum and the abuse thereof in this episode. I'm joined, of course, as always, by two teams of nerds to my left and right. Guys, who have I got to my left tonight? Uh, Kia ora, my name is Erin and I'm a lecturer at the University of Canterbury. Um, And if I could go back in time, yes? Yeah, if you could travel back... Uh, in time to any point in your life and relive that period okay, of your sure. life. What would no, you like to? This is easy, people. Yeah, I'd go back to the the middle of 1988, and that's because I would have been six and a half. I would have just transferred schools, and I went to a school that suddenly had lots of activities. So we did things like colouring in flags for the Seoul Olympics. Uh, we had a pirate week where we got to make our own pirates and be pirates. We had a culturally inappropriate Japan week where we made kimonos out of like. Newspaper and Ectempura and stuff like that. And I think it was the last time that I was truly happy. It sounds fun. Oh. Oh. <laughs> uh, hi, my name's Andrew. Uh, I'm a writer for birthmoviesdeath.com and I'm a improviser with the court jesters and a filmmaker. And if I could go back in time to any point in my life, I would go back to uh, my very earliest memory. Um, still, it's just a haze. Um, we we were as a family. We went to Universal Studios and we went to the Star Trek Adventure show. And the thing about that show was that they would get people from the audience to play like the random Starfleet uh, officers and Klingons. And my dad was a Klingon in this sh- in this uh, particular performance of the show. Um, and I was so goddamn terrified of it that I hid under the chair and didn't see a single second of the actual show. <laughs> so uh, if I could go back in time, I'd go back and actually watch, and watch it. it. Yeah, right. Mm. Okay, cool. That makes sense. And yeah. uh, what are you guys uh, calling your team tonight? Uh, we are Flux Capacitive Aggressive. Let's <laughs> <laughs> have a big hand for Flux Capacitive Aggressive, everybody, please. And over on my right. Uh, hello, my name is uh, Jeff Clark. I am a uh, comedian, improviser, and comic book collector. And um, if I could travel back to any time in my own personal history, I'd probably back, travel back to 1999, which was uh, 
My final, my final year of university, I was uh, heavily involved in the uh, university theatre and comedy scene. I wrote a sketch comedy show that won some awards. And my family were living over in another country, so I had the whole house to myself. And I really did not take advantage of the advantages <laughs> of that time. And I'd just like to go through it and go, you know what? It, it possibly could get better, but you're going to have to work pretty hard. Right. And to Jeff Lex. <laughs> Kia ora. My name's Moash Smaira. I'm a librarian and a writer. And if I could go back to any moment in my life, it would be, it would be around 1978, um, there was a show that they used to record in Christchurch, and it was called Romper Room. I don't know if any of you guys are old enough <laughs> to remember that. And I was on an episode of it. Now, they recorded this uh, on film, and when it screened uh, at my grandparents' house, my whole family was there. I saw myself on screen for about a second, I freaked out, and I hid behind the couch. So I didn't actually see any of it. And then years later, when my mother tried to went to TVNZ archives and tried to get a copy of it, because it was on film, they'd thrown it all out. Oh. So I will never see oh, that. Sad. So if I had a time machine, I'd go back and watch it. And I would take my iPhone and I would like <laughs> off my grandparents' big box TV. And uh, guys, what would you be calling your team this evening? Are we a uh, wibbly wobbly teamy weemy thing? <laughs> wibbly wobbly teamy weemy thing, everybody. Well, that's good. I picked up from that brief bit of discussion that all of our panellists' lives have already peaked. So that's good. Uh, well, yeah. it's kind of a leading question in yeah, that it regard. Was, it was. I would also like to laugh at the people who are preparing for Y2K. <laughs> yeah, that would right. be just fun. Can we also flag for the, the listeners at home that Moata is dressed like the TARDIS? <laughs> she is dressed and like the TARDIS. Oh my God, that is amazing. Have you only just noticed? I've got, that. <laughs> okay, I've got a blue got a light on, light on yeah, my yeah, head. Yeah, head not, <laughs> your chame- your chameleon circuits are working yeah. really, really well. Very good. Um, I'm joined uh, tonight in the booth by time traveller from the future, Brendan Bennett. Brendan, who won this episode? <laughs> oh, we're just cutting straight to that. Okay, yeah, sure. Yeah, um, tell me who won. Well, okay, uh, spoilers, but in a shocking twist, the audience wins. Wow. Wow. So I'm very keen to see how that comes about. So let's, let's get on with the first but, round. But by which... knowing the ra- outcome, surely we're going to change it. Oh, yeah. We have no fate, but what we make go back ourselves. to the future or not? Mm. Stuck here forever. Um, let's see how all this comes about with the first round, which is, is always, of course, the nerd quotient. I'm going to make this uh, for wobbly wobbly teamy weemy thing. Mm. First question. What almost certainly didn't happen on October 28th, 1943, and probably didn't happen again ten minutes earlier? (laughs) (laughs) A time travel paradox that uh, eliminated the entire history of humanity. Well, there was a... It doesn't involve time travel. Mm. (laughs) We're on the right clue. Uh, Yes. Can you be more specific, perhaps? Well, basically, uh, ten minutes before that... Uh, basically a guy said that he was going to travel back in time 10 minutes, but if he had, he would have destroyed the entire space-time continuum. So it didn't happen then, and it didn't happen 10 minutes before then. I think Jeff may be stalling. Um, <laughs> um, can we have the, the date again, please? Yeah, October 28th, 1943. So it's Very just before Halloween, right? Mm. And uh, Someone wants to not kill Hitler so they can dress up as Hitler for Halloween. Yeah, so, so that it can middle, be... It's the middle of World War II. Because it's, it's, yeah. it's a bit bad taste to dress up as Hitler for well, Halloween when Hitler is yes. still alive. And if yeah. you're going to kill Hitler, maybe don't wait until 1943. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like... Yeah, yeah, but what if 
technology is only such that you can only go back oh, yeah. 10 minutes. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yep. You yep. haven't quite perfected it yet. Yep. So um, uh, the answer is uh, going back in time to kill Hitler and steal his clothes for a Halloween costume. <laughs> mm. No. No. Okay. Um, <laughs> Yep. Do you have a real answer? No. no. <laughs> we'll say yeah. that one. Well, I was going to say um, a kaiju attack. A kaiju attack. No. Yes. That, that, no, no I, check your history books. It did not happen. <laughs> um, oh, is this... Uh, oh, I guess it's a couple of years late, but um, a, a, a United States um, aircraft carrier suddenly appearing in the middle of the Pacific. The final comment. <laughs> Andrew, Andrew, oh, is, Andrew is very close to the correct answer. Oh, what? Oh, yeah. But, yeah. Yeah, the um, line's got something to say about this. Well, no, that was basically the the aircraft carrier that disappeared but didn't disappear. Yes, you're pretty much onto it. The Manhattan Project. Okay, so it's called, it's not the Manhattan Project. What we're looking for here, I'm going to give you some points. I'll give you Andrew points for for queuing this up. The Philadelphia Experiment. The Philadelphia Experiment. Yes, so the Philadelphia Experiment. I thought it was an American place name. That's right. Um, The persistent urban conspiracy theory uh, that contends that during World War II, the U.S. Navy... Sponsored an experiment at the Philadelphia Naval Shipyard uh, to try and uh, make a naval ship a destroyer the USS Eldritch invisible by bending light around it with large electrical generators. All they needed was David Copperfield, like forty years later. Yeah, <laughs> he would have been fine. Wait, did they called this. So this was this aircraft carrier was called the USS it, Eldritch. It, wasn't, it wasn't. It was. <laughs> it was called Eldridge. Which not, is not Eldridge. Oh. I was going to no, say, if you're, if you're calling it Eldritch and you're messing around with, like, the, the fundamentals of, of physics, like, um, you're, you're in for a bad time. Non-Euclidean uh, <laughs> aircraft carrier. Yeah. But also it's a destroyer. So the story goes that they, they began testing in summer of 1943 and were at least partially successful in rendering the ship invisible, although the effects on the crew of the ship ranged in description from severe nausea to total madness and being partially fused into the ship's bulkheads. Oh, my God. Um, the story then alleges that the Navy decided to repeat this experiment on October the 28th without properly recalibrating the equipment. <laughs> and this time, Eldridge not only became invisible, but disappeared from the area in a flash of blue light and teleported to Norfolk, Virginia, over 320 kilometres away, also travelling approximately 10 minutes back in time. Making the first creepypasta. Yeah. What, right. um, what treatments are there for total madness? I for being fused into the... I don't know. <laughs> for being fused into the bulkheads <laughs> of a ship. 1943, yeah, like they just I chittel you out or something. They, they, just, they just give you Valium by yeah. the yeah. So the bummer reality check there is that the, uh, the USS Eldridge was not commissioned until August 27, 1943. And uh, when it uh, was supposedly getting transported back in time, it was actually on its first check down cruise in the Bahamas. But don't let that um, get being transported back in time. Or was it? They would say that, wouldn't they? They would. Bahamas are a magical place. (laughs) Okay. Uh, You guys, what was the plot of the early version of Back to the Future? In which Michael J. Fox's Uh, Marty McFly was nearly trapped in a timeline in which he didn't exist. Oh. Oh. Well, Jeff, I'm going to give them a chance to answer before you can ding. Is it that he, like, shrinks in on himself and implodes like the house at the end of Poltergeist? No. No, that sounds cool. <laughs> Does sound... The, Jeff is champing at the butt over here. Jeff? Yeah, the original ending of Back to the Future was that they needed a nuclear explosion in order to get back to the future, and so they had to go to the site of the first atomic bomb test and drive the DeLorean into a nuclear explosion, <laughs> which... Um, in modern terms, would be easy to do with CGI, but I guess back in the 1980s would have been very hard. That sounds great also. Uh, not, what I'm, not what I'm looking for, though. Um, I know the original plot of Back to the Future Part 2. <laughs> yeah, tell us, anyway. Uh, <laughs> it's not involved, what I asked for, but tell us. 
Uh, involved, um, uh, they, they went back to the 60s, um, where Doc was like a hippie. And, and they and, had to raise. Everyone shared they they had to raise money. They had to raise money. I'm not. I'm not making this up. They had to raise money to send uh, Marty's parents to like Woodstock so that they could so that they could bone. Wow. <laughs> oh man. Oh oh. How about how about the original plot of Back to the Future was that Marty didn't get Back to the Future and became his own father. And had to watch himself grow up. And then, when the timelines coincided, Doc comes over and goes, I'm so sorry, Marty! And he punches him in the face. (laughs) (laughs) All good answers. And all make me wish that you guys were all Hollywood screenwriters. I'm going to give you the question again, though, to see if you can pick up on some subtle clues. What was the plot of the early version of Back to the Future in which Michael J. Fox's Marty McFly was nearly trapped in a timeline in which he didn't exist? Andrew. Uh, the early version of Back to the Future did not have Michael J. Fox at all. All right, right, mm. Andrew. Give him five points and a round of applause, everybody. <laughs> Would you like to elaborate? I'd like to, <laughs> but I can't remember. That. I know was, he played the drug dealer in Pulp Fiction. Eric Stoltz. Eric, Eric Stoltz. Stoltz. Yeah. So Eric Stoltz was originally cast. As they Marty did like McFly. a couple weeks of shooting he, with him. He worked on the film for about a month, and yeah. they had decided to fire him after about two weeks. But they couldn't get around to telling him. Why, so he, why did they yeah. decide to fire him? He worked on it because he was too serious. Apparently, yeah. he was not funny enough. There's a, there's, you can find um, there's only a couple shots that have been released. Um, they're on a, one of the documentaries on one of the DVDs. Um, and yeah, he's way too serious. Yeah, so under the too um, much Huey Lewis in the news while attacking right. people in his apartment. He not enough Huey Lewis. He insisted that everybody on set call him Marty, apparently, because he was that into the role. Um, That's the movie you choose to do method yeah, acting. I know. <laughs> so under the multiple universes theory, of course, that timeline is probably still out there somewhere mm. with uh, with the Eric Stoltz version of of uh, Back oh, to the man. Future. It probably has Christopher Walken as Har- as um, as Han yeah, Solo well, are, as well. So, you have to go so there are a number of famous instances of films that nearly ended up with other lead actors. Mm. And if there are multiple universes, these versions of these films are, are presumably out there now. So for a bonus point, uh, just buzz them when you've got it. Can you name? who we nearly ended up with in each of these roles. So, uh, Catwoman and Batman Returns. Uh, Sean Young. No. She, she went after the part. But she, yeah. she, stalked she stalked the director stalked the to try and get the part. Couldn't get it. Glenn Close. No. <laughs> <laughs> no, they had actually cast Annette Bening. Oh. Uh, who had accepted the role but they had to pull out because she was pregnant which probably would have not been a good oh, with in the, kissings. In the, in the kissings. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, would probably have been quite good in the role yeah. uh, Indiana Jones Jeff? Tom Selleck Tom Selleck yes very famously couldn't get out of Magnum P.I. unfortunately <laughs> uh, Han Solo uh, a number of actors yes, including of Christopher Walken and uh, Kurt Russell Kurt Russell and recently revealed also turned it down very mm. famous Al Pacino. Al Pacino. Oh, wow. Al Pacino. Um, he, was, he said he, they offered it to me when I was famous and I was being literally offered everything. Uh, yeah. um, hey, I'm flying here. Al Pacino. Say hello also, to my little That's Falcon. Justin Hoffman. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> he that's true. Turned, well, he also turned down... Not in my universe. Uh, he turned down Taxi Driver. Mm-hmm. Uh, he turned down Pretty Woman. He turned down Die Hard, the lead role in Die Hard. Oh. Which is hard for me. I could see him as Hans Gruber. A fun thing that I heard about uh, a pretty woman who turned down the lead role in that was Molly Ringwald. Ah, uh, yes. Yes, she did. Yes. Yep, she was offered the role, which would have been a really nice arc for her character from The Best Breakfast Club. <laughs> <laughs> and then later into a super Christian uh, ABC family. Oh, mm. uh, yeah. 
Uh, she was in What the Secret Life of the American Teenager later on. Mm. So, yeah. Okay, uh, uh, Forrest Gump. Ooh. Ooh. I can't imagine anyone else. Al Pacino. No. John um, Travolta. John Travolta. <laughs> well, John, I mean... Neo turn, 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 turning, turning down that got him Pulp Fiction, surely. It did. So it all turned out okay. Um, Neo from The Matrix? Will Smith. Will Smith, yes. Do you know why he turned it down? He uh, didn't get it. <laughs> no, he got it, but... No, he, he, he thought that it... He, he didn't think he was right for it. He thought it would be... He, he had, he had another project he wanted to do as well. Did it conflict Wild Wild West. Wild Wild West, yes. Did it conflict with his secret... Yes, yes, I am. Am not Scientology type stuff. Does that... No, he chose Wild Wild West. <laughs> so, so does that mean that there is uh, a timeline out there in which The Matrix stars Will Smith and Sean Connery? Yes, because I was just going to ask you oh. about that as well, because, uh, of course, who turned down Gandalf? It was yes, Sean, Sean Connery, Connery, who mm. also turned down Wait. Morpheus. Morpheus, that's right. <laughs> Sean Connery because, is Morpheus? And he turned, yeah. he turned them down, he turned, them, turned these roles down because he didn't understand what was happening in the stories. But he understood. And then, and no, and then, and then, and then, I had the quote. No, but then he took. Does it? Does it involve what happens next? Okay. So, so he he turned. Yeah, he did turn down Gandalf, uh, and then he turned down Morpheus and Matrix, and he told the producer of a later film he was starring in. I got offered the Lord of the Rings, and I turned it down because I didn't understand it. I was offered the Matrix twice. And I turned it down because I didn't understand it. I don't understand this movie, but I'll be damned if I'm going to turn it down. And it was... The League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Good choice of and then Sean Connery. A movie so bad, it made Sean Connery quit acting <laughs> he forever. He never started Was he movie. ever acting, though? That's right. He's, good. He's really good in a lot of movies. Yeah. Okay, next question for uh, Timmy Timey Weebly Wobbly. What is the time travel equivalent of Fermi's Paradox? Hmm. What, it because, what is the Fermi's paradox? It's because, well, no, it's, it's because it's because time is malleable and not firm me. <laughs> it's wibbly wobbly. So far away. It's wibbly wobbly. Fermi's paradox, of course, uh, being the famous uh, sort of astrophysical question of uh, if there's intelligent universe, uh, life in the universe, where is everybody, and why haven't they talked to us yet? Mm. The, the, uh. the answer to that might be a. They're not alive yet, or B, they're already dead. Yes, mm. yes. But the time travel equivalent is, is if there, if like if time travel could ever exist in the in history, then surely we've why, time. Tra- why haven't yeah. we seen time travel? Why aren't we inundated in time traveling tourists? Well, it's because they're good at disguises. <laughs> I mean, there are lots of people in psychiatric institutions who just lost their time travel devices and have been locked up for mm. saying they're from the future. That's right. Um, um, there was a recent. There was a spike in people saying they were from the from the future, trying to stop President Trump being elected. <laughs> yeah. So, so that's one. Uh, as Andrew said before, Carl Sagan, in fact. Suggested the possibility that time travelers could be here all around us. And it just Did you say that, or did you say they could be here all around us? <laughs> Look like, around like, you. Delightful uh, time travelers, like in the Connie Willis books and stories, where they're historians and they come back and they're explicitly meant to kind of blend in and become empathetic with the surroundings. So you're all time travelers here to judge us. Could be. Mm. Could be. Um, Stephen Hawking has also uh, suggested that time travel might only be possible in a region of space time that is warped in the correct way. 
which means that time travellers would not be able to travel back to earlier regions in space-time before this happened. So they'd be kind of like a... Well, I've got to say, human history feels pretty warped at the moment, so maybe it would be... It sounds like that sort of, you know, the sort of party where, like, you know, certain things only happen when the party's warped in the right way. Yeah. Yeah. In other news, I've just found the title for my memoir. (laughs) Warped in the right way. (laughs) So what would you guys... um, I mean, if you wanted to, I mean... Attract time travellers. Are there any ideas that you could have to attract time travellers? Well, I'd, I'd, I'd use the light on top of Moata's head and flick it on yep. and off real fast. Mm. <laughs> yep, just pull them out of their yep. space-time slipstream. Uh, flypaper. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, like space-time grappling hooks. Um, Free beer. Yeah. Yeah. Getting as many, um, um, as many items that are rich in chronotons as possible. That's right. <laughs> Chronoton-rich items. Uh, just, co- just collect lots of historical artefacts. Be, be Indiana Jones. Yeah, well, people have given this some thought. Uh, and in fact, uh, MIT uh, 2005 held a time travel convention, reasoning that you only need one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, but and it doesn't matter where it is. Uh, they publicised it very heavily. It was on the front page of the New York Times as a means of entering into a permanent record uh, or a semi permanent record. So that people would all, you know, see this in the future and make their way to oh. their specific space and time. See, I don't buy that. As someone who goes to academic conferences, unless you've paid the fee, they won't let you in and they won't let you have the free lunch. Yeah. <laughs> I just... You have to be back well in time to, like, get your subs in or you're being turned away. I really <laughs> hope that the announcement was, we are having a time travellers convention two weeks ago. Yeah. <laughs> um... Sadly, no time travellers were reported as having attended. But no the organised theorised that they may have travelled back to the meeting, uh, time and place, in a parallel universe, which explained why. Mm. Yeah. Eric Stoltz, the time traveller at a conference. Mm. Uh, okay, uh, next question. Uh, what do John Titor, Sir Victor Goddard and Hakan Nordqvist have in common? Awesome names. Yes. <laughs> mm. That's all we've got. <laughs> They're just awesome yeah. names. Can you, can you say the names? John Titor, Sir Victor Goddard, and Hakan Nordqvist. Are they physicists or mathematicians? No. Are they time travellers who they... went to this conference? Um, <laughs> well, done, Jeff, I'll give you some points for that. They're all people to have to claim who have travelled through time. Mm. Um, John Titor was a was a guy, an as yet unknown person, in late two thousand, who um, began posting a series of compelling messages on uh, internet message boards. Claimed oh, the he perfect was a, place for... Yeah, exactly. Mm. <laughs> uh, he claimed he was an American soldier from the year 2036, uh-huh. and he was on his way back to 1975 using a device installed in a 1987 Chevy Suburban <laughs> to obtain an IBM 5100 computer to fight a computer virus that was destined to destroy the world. That's mm-hmm. a little bit like Moata needing to go back in time to get the obsolete technology yeah. To, yeah. to watch the film of herself into the little... Um, he, he was very popular for a while. He was a good, a good writer, but uh, he apparently his, uh, his popularity dropped off uh, after 2005, which is the time that he said that the Second American Civil War would start up. Uh, and the, it didn't. The date that we were due for a series of Russian nuclear strikes uh, that would kill three billion people was two years ago. Oh. We've gone past that one, so... Um, well, they just though. <laughs> Still time. Victor also, Goddard. Also, people realised he was full of shit. Yeah, that's right. Mm. Uh, he's an interesting one because he was one of the. Um, he's not a, not your typical loon. He was actually considered one of the founders of the modern RAF. And uh, 1935, he was flying his plane around uh, near an abandoned airfield in uh, near Edinburgh, and he flew into a weird storm and came out. And the airfield looked weird. The hangars looked weird. The planes were new. Uh, he saw RAF guys down there, and their uniforms were the wrong colour. Um, they were blue instead of brown. He told a lot of his fellow officers about his experience, but they, they didn't believe him, so he kept it quiet. 
And then four years later, the RAF started using the planes that he had seen, and they changed the colour of their uniforms. Um, but he didn't write his experience down until the 1960s, so that seems a little bit, a little bit we, suspect. We're about in the 1960s. Yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, just, uh, guys, and I want to tell you. Nordquist's tale is amazing, but I just have to read you um, the start of his... This is, this is his time travel experience. Uh, came home to find water pooling on his kitchen floor, assuming it was a leak... He gathered his tools and crawled under the sink, but couldn't reach the pipes. He explained what happened next. I had to crawl inside the cabinet, and as I did so, I discovered that it just continued. So I crept crawling further and further into the cabinet. In the end of the tunnel, I saw a light. And when I got there, I realised I was in the future. <laughs> was he also in John Malkovich's head? Maybe. <laughs> Or the navigator. So, yeah, a number of experiences in the future, including taking a selfie on his phone with his 72-year-old self uh, next to him. Although his 72-year-old self appears to be two inches taller than he is, which is oh. Okay, and uh, that's the end of that round. Um, Brendan, is everything proceeding according to the timeline? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's, it's no surprise to me, of course, uh, that <laughs> Wibbly Wobbly Teamy Weemy are on 10 points. Uh, flux capacity. What is it? Flux capacitive aggressive. Fl- flux per. Fl- <laughs> see, by the end of it, they changed the name by the end of it, so it's, it's confusing to. Flux capacitive aggressive are on 14 points, and the audience is on zero points oh. at the moment. Oh. It's not too late, audience. Uh, now, I've asked the uh, teams to do some homework um, mm. before the show tonight. Um, I'll ask them to uh, imagine that uh, we're going to be able to open a wormhole in time for exactly one minute where they'll be able to deliver a message to the time and place of their choosing. So, teeny tiny wibbly wobbly things. Maybe we give you guys first, if you can just explain, the, the, the wormhole will open, you'll have one minute, you can explain perhaps where it's going to go. Um, Martha, maybe we could start with you. Um, I mean, obviously, I would just do something for my own self-interest, but for the purposes of saying things in front of people, um, I want to appear like I'm not a douche, so um, I want to do something for the benefit of humanity. So I thought that it would be a really good idea to go back in time and teach Donald Trump's father how to love. Um, Now, we've only got a minute. Your minute starts now. You've got to teach him to love. Oh, no, 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 no. It's not going to be me because, like, by all accounts, Donald Trump's father was in the KKK. He's not going to listen to somebody of my mixed ethnic background, (laughs) okay? He needs a white dude. So we've got three options. We've got uh, James Tiberius Kirk. He's got lots of experience in explaining the strange human emotion called love. Um, (laughs) Downside is that he tends to be a bit sexual about it, and I don't know that that would go down too well. Second option... Uh, Dr. Phil, he he cracks a lot of tough nuts. He's got that whole, like, I'm not judging you, but, yeah, you're really crap thing going on. I think if he's, we've only got a minute, he could be a good option. Or, third, Nigel Ladder. Like, yep. mm. Just a lot of straight talk. Yeah, yep. and, like, if the time bubble somehow sucked him in, he couldn't come back, like... <laughs> <laughs> Okay, we'd probably be quite happy about that. There'd be nobody left in the country to host any kind of information television show. That would be a problem, but it might have some really positive flow-on effects. I would be available. <laughs> See? Cool, good. Okay, uh, and Jeff, uh, what are you going to do with your minute? All right, well, um, as someone who has spent a lot of time thinking about the potential consequences of interfering with the space-time continuum, I would not want to undertake any kind of conversation that could potentially alter the outcome of any major historical event or um, the timeline in which we exist for something potentially 
hugely worse. What's the point, then? Therefore, <laughs> therefore, I would open a time bubble to the day of the 8th of January, 1642, to Arquetri in the Grand Duchy of Tuscany, Italy. Good. Okay, My your time bubble is open. Heathens, I am the voice of God. Fear me and run away, for you have spurned Galileo, the true voice of reason in your age. Flee, lest I strike you down. Have they gone? Good. Okay, Galileo, let me tell you this. The earth does go around the sun. Maths is the language of the universe. And in the future, the moons of Jupiter are renamed Galilean satellites for all the work that you did for astronomy, physics, and everything. In 1939, the Pope... The Pope, the, you know, the current Pope, the guy who's giving you all the shit. Well, the new Pope in 1939 declares you as one of the most audacious heroes of research. And you are hailed by some of the greatest minds of modern science as the father of modern science. We build spacecraft that are able to escape Earth's gravitational pull and travel to the stars. And we call one of them Galileo. You are used as a unit of measurement. And also the band called Queen writes a really fucking cool song that mentions your name a lot. Everyone knows who you are. It was not for nothing. What? Flux capacitive aggressive. Uh, Andrew, where are you going to open your uh, minute long time bubble? Uh, To a music studio in 1957. Okay, your minute starts now. Well, uh, you're waiting your minute. I've done. I've done some stuff to to prepare. So I I open this. the, the, The I go to this music studio in 1957. Um, and uh, I approach the uh, singer, songwriter, guitarist uh, who is in the studio, and I um, wheel out a television, and I play for him a uh, taped recording of his uh, 90-year-old self in 2017 uh, watching a clip from a movie called Back to the Future in which uh, a character says, Chuck! Chuck Berry! You know that new sound you're looking for? Well, listen to this. And his 90-year-old self turns to the camera and goes, eh? And uh, the real Chuck Berry in the studio goes, well, shit, and records Johnny Be Good. <laughs> well, you're kind of inceptioning, inceptioning yeah. rock and roll there. It's wow. a causal loop. Mm. Yep. That's right. Wow. That's nice. Yep. That's amazing. Okay. Mm, yes, give that a round of applause. Mm. Yes. Incidentally... Chuck Berry, not only still alive at 90 years old, announced a new album in October. His first in 38 years. Just having a bit of a hiatus. Yeah, well, I guess, you know, better do it now. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, And Erin, what would you like to use your minute-long time bubble for? Well, well, my my impetus is actually really similar to Jeff's because for fear of creating some kind of irreversible paradox, I'd catch someone in the last moments of their life uh, to let them know that their life's work wasn't in vain. So I'm going to uh, 1958, and I'm talking to 37-year-old chemist Rosalind Franklin, who at the time is dying of ovarian cancer, and I'll tell her that, yes, they're all dicks. I'm sorry about that, but in later years, your work in X-ray crystallography is going to be celebrated as a vital contribution to the discovery of DNA's double helix structure. Even though people will think Watson and Crick, who used her experimental data and won the Nobel Prize for their own work on DNA, were stupid sexist. Uh, dum dum jerk heads. Yeah. Right on. I love that we're mostly using our time travel powers for positive reinforcement. Mm. It's awesome. Yeah. It's very cool. Okay, um, lots of points there, which Brendan already knows about. 
Um, okay, that's nice. A quick fire round. Now this round is called We Have to Go Back. Mm. Uh, I'd like you to ring in and name the film from the reason that characters in it uh-huh. go back in the past. Mm-hmm. They travel to the past for a specific reason. Uh, I want you to bell in and tell me what the film is. Why? Um, what is the film in which people travel back through time in order to get murdered by hitmen? Looper? Yes, it is Looper. Oh. Yes. Uh, the film in which people travel back in time in order to obtain members of an extinct species and bring them back to the present in the hope that they may be able to prevent the destruction of the Earth. <laughs> Jeff? Star Trek Four. Star Trek Four. yes. Um, they travel back in time to assist their time twin whenever they are in mortal danger. Jeff. Biggles! Biggles! <laughs> Biggles! Biggles. <laughs> you, may, you and I may be the only people in the world that have seen that film. I had the Amstrad computer game, Ben, on tape. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Speaking of time travel um, Okay, they travel back in time to In order to obtain 100,000 Deutschmarks Within 20 minutes Andrew uh, Run all the run Run all the run, correct uh, To continuously improve intelligence of And combat tactics against An alien force that has invaded Earth Jeff Edge of Tomorrow Yes Okay. Great movie They travel back in time to destroy the nation of Japan and prevent it from becoming a global economic superpower. Oh. Mm. Ooh. Uh, is, it the, is it the, the, the secret Pokemon movie? <laughs> Snow. <laughs> the irony is that the Pokemon movies are what helped turn Japan but into a That's what makes it just amazing. Yeah. Mm. We're actually looking for it. Uh, Andrew. Is this a new film financed by, the, by China's state um, uh, <laughs> filmmaking? <laughs> Filmmaking company? Is it any sort of kaiju film? Yes! Godzilla! Godzilla versus King Ghidorah! From 1991, in which terrorists from the year 2204 travel to 1944 to remove the dinosaur that will become Godzilla and replace him with three genetically engineered creatures, which are then exposed to the same hydrogen bomb test and become a huge monster. Why not just (laughs) remove him? Look, don't question it! (laughs) Like... Uh, traveling back in time as the unwilling victim of the machinations of an evil publication. <laughs> Jeff. Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. No. Oh. Oh. The, um, Army of Darkness. Yes! Oh, oh yeah. Oh, of course. Traveling back Good in time one. to prevent their girlfriend from being buried alive. Water. Superman. Yes, Superman. Oh. Yes. All it takes is... Driving around, around the earth really fast. Yep. Driving? Uh, yeah, flying. <laughs> a couple more. He was driven Superman gets in his car and just drives around. Uh, a couple more. Um, they travel back in time to conduct research that, when properly applied, will prevent separation from a friend and turn ensuring a positive future for human civilization. I feel like Audience. I've seen it. Yes! Oh! <laughs> <laughs> 200 points to the audience. <laughs> I'm not surprised. <laughs> Two more. <laughs> to aid his initially unknowing youngest self in fighting off his wife's murderers. Is that 12 monkeys? No. Not quite. Oh. That was on my list, but that's not the reason. Fuck, I've seen it. Oh, what is time it? Cop. Time Cop! Yes, God Jim. damn it! And finally, in this round, to they travel back in time to rescue their friend, a television reporter who has been imprisoned by a 17th century Japanese warlord. <laughs> TMNT! 
More information, please. Teenage, Teenage Mutant Ninja, Ninja Turtles. More information, please. Three. Three. <laughs> Two hundred more points to the audience. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> well done, audience. Um, we're all doing very well. There's a lot of points here. And we're going into the next round, uh, which is called I've Made a Mistake. Uh, in this round, teams, I'd like you to have a little bit of conjecture. Uh, I think you've returned from a visit to the past. Uh, perhaps a place of your choosing. You've had a splendid time, but when you return, you realise that you've left an object in there. The present that you return to has been irrevocably altered. I want you to tell me what the amazing slash terrible new present that you have created for us is. So, teamy timely wibbly wobbly things. You've been into the past, uh, but unfortunately, you left a Furby behind. <laughs> what time did we go back well, to? Well, where would you like to have gone back to? Say the Middle Ages, maybe. It's a kind of generic. Sure. Yeah. You left a Furby in the Middle Ages. So, what is what is the what is the future that you've created for us? Well, um, the present rather. Obviously, instead of just the uh, Inquisition uh, our, and the Crusades, we created an entirely new uh, religion based around the Furby. Um, and it's not the classic Furby, it's the modern Furby, which is actually a learning computer, um, which, left to its own devices, um, obviously reacts to the behaviours of those around it, gets used to being worshipped as a god, and though, thus creates a massive cult. Uh, <laughs> And so that has supplanted Christianity as the dominant religion. Uh, everyone, Furby worship? Yep, yep, Furby worship, which means everyone stays inside. Um, if they are exposed to a bright light, they just go, ah! And uh, freak out. And, um, yeah, people are persecuted. Body hair removal isn't a thing. <laughs> um, hairy pits, legs, the whole deal. Like, the more fur, the better. Yep. yep. Um... Pursuit people are worshipped. Yep, yep. Um, but, but yeah, the uh, the entire the entire history of the modern uh, Henry VIII was able to have all of his wives at once because he resembled a Furby, um, <laughs> large guy with a beard. It was like you know yep. that was that was great. Um, and so um, yes, everyone is forced to stay at home and cater to the whims of a small carved Furby, which they've created, which as. Uh, Technology catches up. They actually create Furby much more early. Um, but, of course, it stagnates any sort of social interaction, and we all just spend our time interacting with Furbies, which um, ultimately is probably the best thing. So Furbies just replaced Facebook, basically. Yeah. Okay. okay, good. That sounds like a terrifying prison that you've mm. caused for us. Um, guys over here in uh, Flux Capacitive Aggressive. Uh, uh, we've, we've decided to change our name. Yeah. Oh, you have? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> we, we, we Interesting. We were feeling like... Like things weren't really going our way for okay, yeah, so sure. so we've, we've we'd like to change our name to Erin and Andrew's Bogus Journey. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Makes perfect sense. It, okay. it feels like we need to do it, guys. Yeah. You've been back in time. Yep. Uh, you come back, but you made a little mistake. You left uh, Marie Kondo's best-selling book, "The Life-Changing Magic oh. of Tidying Up," mm-hmm. behind you, mm-hmm. okay. where it was discovered. Uh, what is what is the prison to which you return? Oh, where, where are we going? Well, again, where would you like to go? Where, where should we go? When? 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 Oh. <laughs> when shall we go? Renaissance. The Renaissance. The Renaissance. Oh, beautiful. So the yeah. Renaissance at a time where maths and philosophy and art are all starting to intersect. All at kind a time of colliding, where have, yeah. Where we have um, 
uh, Leonardo da Vinci putting forth Vitruvian Man falls into the middle of it. Marie Kondo. Of course, the thing about uh, da Vinci is that uh, he, he his his workshop was notoriously cluttered. It was. Um, and, uh, and, and that's but, why he didn't make half the shit that he had like designs for. That's right. And so uh, when uh, when he actually tidies up his workshop. Um, he manages to make his flying machine. He manages, uh, you know, to make his, his time machine. And, and even better, it's not just that he makes all those things. It's that he is able to work through them methodically, and he picks up a blueprint and goes, does it spark joy? And if not, then he, then he chucks it away, and it goes, does this make me feel shame? And if it does, then he, then he kind of moves around with it. Yeah, and I think, I think the, modern, the modern world is kind of shaped by, by that as one force, but also... Um, uh, because it is because it is the, the magic mm-hmm. of of the tidying magic up. Of tidying. Um, uh, there's another force on on Earth which is uh, that of uh, ultra conservative religion, um, which uh, which uh, tries to burn everyone practicing tidying up at the stake. However, they also have the messiest churches uh, in uh, the, that you've ever seen. So what we fundamentally get is like this tension that sits at the heart of like the Western Western philosophy. On one mm. hand, the beauty and the joy and the spark of these clean lines and these uh, clean, clean ways of thinking. Oh, that has its own kind of background. And on the other hand, dirty, dirty religion. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, all right, audience. Well, this is pretty tough. Um, as, as this is uh, predicated on a mistake this round, mm. uh, I would like the audience to applaud for the, uh, the horrible reality they would least like to live in so oh. um, if you would if you would rather least like to live in the Furby fu- worshipping present applaud <laughs> now <laughs> if you would least like to live in uh, the uh, religious the conflict the fascist hyper clean yeah, yeah. hyper clean whatever clap now good Smattering of applause, yes. Oh. Wow. And, and if you believe the audience should pick up the points for this round, clap now. Hard to argue with that. I don't know why I said that. I just felt somehow that That's it needed weird. to be said. It's weird. Really, it's really strange. Okay, so we're on to the final round of the night. But before we do, Brendan, what are the scores? Uh, is everything, uh, is everything pr- proceeding as has been preordained? Yeah, sorry, I just have to work backwards from the final scores to yep. get the scores for <laughs> this round. Uh, so, scores by subtraction. Yeah, that's, that's right, I'm just subtracting now. So Aaron and Andrew's Bogus Journey, of, of course, the, the new name, uh, are on uh, 23 points. Uh, Wibbly Wobbly Teamy Weemy are on 27 points. And the audience is on 410 points. It's okay. We still got this. We we can make it up. Yeah. (laughs) Okay, we're into the last round of tonight's episode. uh, And that will be, of course, the debate round. Uh, Guys, you will be debating whether it is better to travel backwards Mm. or forwards in time. Mm. Yes. 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 <laughs> Andrew and Aaron's bogus journey. I'll give you a choice. Which one would you prefer to argue for? Um, I'd, I'd like to go with the known quantity, I think, and, and yeah. to argue about going back it's in time. It's been yeah. travel into back. the past. Uh, so typically teaming time is... Mm. Um, <laughs> yep, that's us. You guys will be arguing that it's better to travel in the future. As you uh, um, have not been able to choose, I'll give you the first two minutes to state your case, starting now. Well, the, uh, the, the reason we think it's better to travel forwards in time is that you get to uh, 
enjoy the future. Obviously, we are already moving forwards in time. We, as a species, experience time in a forward-moving linear sense. So we're not going to have to adjust horribly uh, or be paralysed with fear and indecision about the potential consequences of what we do. We know that we are merely moving forward, ever forward, to view the consequences. We get to watch our children uh, grow up. We get to see, uh, if we just jump forward three years and 11 months, we get to see Donald Trump not be president anymore. (laughs) We get to... We get, to see, we get to see what happens next. We're not looking backwards, we're looking forward. It's in much, traveling forwards in time is a much more inherently optimistic way to travel. We get to a, a, a enjoy the advances in technology and in science, and uh, we get to generally have all the positive benefits of time travel. We're already moving forward in time, so just keep doing that. Mm. Just dial it up. Just crank it also, up to the past, yeah. the past has already happened. We already know about the Magna Carta and Dan Carter and... <laughs> <laughs> Same level of historical like significance. Of, In New Zealand, lots yes. Of, yeah. Lots of other cart-related facts. That's what we have historians for. So why cool. would we want to go backwards when we can see the stuff that nobody knows about yet? Yep, okay. All right. That's a very powerful opening statement. Uh, Andrew and Erin Bogus Jr. I'll give you two minutes to counter this. Well, it's interesting that they say that travelling forwards, you can only look forwards. Travelling forwards, you can only look backwards. Mm. You can only look back at the things that are carrying on and lost. You travel forwards, all your friends die. All your pets die. All your family dies. And you go on and on and on and hopping forward and forward and forward. So heading off into the future is not necessarily a safe bet. You have no idea what's happening up around the corner. Yeah, you don't, you don't know that Donald Trump won't be president in four years' time. He could, become, he could make himself, you know, grand, grand emperor of the, grand, of the like United grand States. Grand king of the earth. <laughs> <laughs> you don't you know, know this. You don't know that the world won't be destroyed in a, in a nuclear apocalypse. We at least know that the world wasn't destroyed in the past by a nuclear apocalypse. And in fact, going back, knowledge is our biggest asset because we know what happens when. We have modern-day knowledge, even if we don't have the technology to support it back then. We can plan around upcoming events. We just fundamentally have a better survival rate, even though we're going back to dangers that we know a lot about, Mm. such as war, such as plague, all those kind of things. We're going to come out at the end, a lot better than people who just shoot off willy-nilly into the future, blah, 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 everything will be fine. That's right, because people people have fantasies of living out things from the past. You know, people like want to be cowboys. This, they the want to be... this episode, we all wanted to be back. Yeah, we all wanted to be back. They, 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 have, they have nostalgia, but they also have, like, you know, we, uh, you know we'd want to live in, in, like, pirate times, or we'd like to live in, like, uh, like Jane Austen times or something. Um, you know... It's one big theme park. Okay, guys. Yep, yeah. cool. I've got to stop you there. Um... Guys, um, they're arguing that we want to go back to uh, times with no penicillin and get killed by pirates. Um, I'll give you. I'll give you. I'll give you thirty seconds. I'll give you thirty seconds to rebut this. Uh, their ideas of travelling into the past are superior. Well, they, they they mentioned carrying on and seeing all the people that you love die. Imagine having to go back and relive every argument, every horrible mistake you made, uh, and not being able to undo them for the for the for the fear of unraveling the timeline, creating a, a paradoxical future, uh, present that is even worse than that. Uh, We don't know that the world wasn't destroyed by a nuclear apocalypse millions of years ago. What could have wiped out the the, the dinosaurs? Irresponsible time (laughs) travelling. And for all their talk about how great it would be to go and visit those times of history, I, I ask you to think of people like... 
Say, for instance, Galileo, or a female <laughs> scientist who, due to the sexism of her age, was overlooked, ignored, and did not get the recognition she deserved. I think the future has a lot more to offer. The, the future is not nostalgia. The future is looking forward. We can only imagine the hell that we live in now where we look back at movies and try to remake them. Why don't we move into the future and find something original? <laughs> so, putting aside the fact that the trend of, of movie remakes is only that there will be more going forward. Um, look, when you go into the past, you've got a time machine. You, you can, can choose off. where you get off. You can literally... <laughs> you can take and And how you get off. There's so many different ways to get off in the past. I don't know if you've heard of the Romans, but they, they knew how to do, if they knew how to do one thing. But, but because was... we have such a good knowledge in many cases of what happened, it means that we can find ways around those kind of horrible things. I'm a woman. Half of history was fucking awful to me. However, I know how to avoid it, and I know how to beat the crap out of men who want me uh, in a skirt and not doing science. Because ultimately, we go back. We go back in time with with the knowledge and 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 everything that we have today. But also, you know, we. You know, it's it's not like we're going back and we're going to be like limited to the thinking or the uh, the abilities of, of people back and, then. And we get to relive the good bits. If we yeah. have five real good years, we can go back to the beginning of those five years and just kind of have them again. We I can. The, the the history is our oyster, whereas the future mm. is a great big angry. It's question. a big question mark. All right, guys. All right, guys. I've got a I've got a stubby unpleasant there. font. You've you've <laughs> time travelled over the thirty seconds <laughs> considerably. Um, all right, so I'm going to give each team a closing statement. Team, you tell me weebly wobbly things. I'm planning on getting off in the future. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe yeah. later tonight. Um, <laughs> well. <sighs> We're planning on getting off before you do. <laughs> All right, audience, I'm going to give this to you. Uh, I got off before usual. I came here. <laughs> as usual, with the new degree, we're going to give you, the audience the choice. Applaud now if you think it's preferable to time travel into the future. And applaud now if you think it's preferable to time travel into the past. Well, that's difficult. It was pretty close. Audience, uh, uh, applaud if you think you should just stay where you are and get the points. <laughs> Bit redundant at the stage. I, I don't know why I said that. <laughs> I don't know. It seems to be hemming. Brendan, we seem to have reached the the preordained end of the evening. Thanks, Ben. It's great to be here. At the end of the nerd quotient round, Flux and Capacitive Aggressive are on five points, and Wibbly Obby Timmy Wimey are on three points. <laughs> great. <laughs> Thanks, time traveling Brendan from the future. Hey, what? Hey, sorry, sorry, let me just check this photo that I took of the cast of Nerd Degree at the start of the show. <laughs> okay. Wait, yep. Wait a second. I'm starting to fade from view. My hand. No. 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 Well, you get this. Uh, that's all. Thanks, ladies and gentlemen, for coming. We'll see you next month. <laughs>